As students everywhere get back into the swing of the school year, we study a real estate program that's teaching a future generation of talent and setting them up for careers in the business. On this episode, we travel to Washington, D.C. to meet the mind behind that program, along with a corporate leader who was on the hiring and mentoring side of its important work. I wanted to build something that would build a pathway that I could have used when I was young. That's Cedric Bobo, the co-founder and CEO of Project Destined, a social impact program that works with urban youth and military veterans. He created the program in 2016 after spending 20 years as an investor and investment banker. He says Project Destin now trains more than 5,000 students a year with a curriculum that features practical workshops and partnerships with some of the top companies in the industry, including CBRE. These students are expressing to me that this is the first time that they are seeing real estate professionals that look like them, and that is very, very important. And that's Toya Everett who manages that partnership as a senior leader of CBRE's diversity, equity, and inclusion team. Toya covers Project Destined and leads outcomes for other DEI initiatives across the company. Coming up, opening doors, raising awareness, and blazing a trail for new talent in the real estate business. I'm Spencer Levy, and that's right now on The Weekly Take. Welcome to the Weekly Take, and we are thrilled to have the CEO and co-founder of Project Destined, Cedric Bobo, here today. Cedric, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's fun. Very excited to have you. And our own Toya Everett, Director of Enterprise Programs for CBRE, up from Charlotte. Toya, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, Cedric, uh, let's go to the origin story. 2016, let's go all the way back. Why'd you start Project Destined? Well, first, it's an incredible industry. I mean, where else do you learn how to shape a skyline or improve your neighborhood? And so I wanted to be a part of that. I didn't know how to do it. And so in founding Project Destined, I wanted to build something that would build a pathway that I could have used when I was young. I'm from northern Mississippi, grew up, always wanted to become an owner, didn't know how to do it. Ultimately found Wall Street and spent 20 years in private equity, but always loved the built environment. And so in 2016, I saw a movie about Detroit. Uh, I was amazed by how much development was happening there. And I wanted to be a part of it. And so I flew to Detroit and I partnered with the mayor's office and I began training students on Saturdays. I took 15 high school students on Saturdays uh, and I trained them in real estate, giving them live deals to analyze. And they would pitch them to me, Shark Tank style. And it really caught fire and got a lot of attention. And ultimately, I began partnering with firms like CBRE and Brookfield. And today, look, we'll train 5,000 students this year. A big part of it is support from Toya and others at CBRE. But it really was about building that pathway. It's an incredible industry. We got to build more pathways into it so the best and brightest see real estate as part of their future. I totally agree, and I think one of the challenges we have in real estate is that most of the times when I have my introductory conversation about real estate, they ask me how many single-family homes I sell. I think commercial real estate, while it's an enormous industry, is still a mystery to a lot of people. So, Toria, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and how you try to draw more people into our business? At CBRE, we take a real intentional approach to attracting, developing, um, and retaining diverse talent. Part of that is when we look to partner with organizations like Project Destined, we really look for opportunities to engage through programming because that's where we believe that uh, talent attraction begins. When we're able to embed our CBRE leaders, 
um, even engaging our EBRG members, the employee business resource groups, their employee groups internal to CBRE that really advance um, diversity, equity, inclusion, like the women's business um, you know, network group, black excellence, um, and those types of groups within the company that want to get involved in advancing our talent attraction efforts. We're able to embed them as speakers, mentors within those programs. And that's important for several reasons. Um, one is that these students get to see commercial real estate professionals that look like them. One of the things that I hear most often when I'm on campus visits, I'm at recruiting events or through other developmental opportunities like this, um, these students are expressing to me that this is the first time that they are seeing real estate professionals that look like them. And that is very, very important. Um, and then we're able to give them you know, access to career paths um, that they would not have normally thought of. Like you said, uh, Spencer, you know, most of these students just see real estate as residential. I grew up in a residential uh, construction family, and so that's how I was introduced to real estate. So being able to forge my own career path within corporate real estate to, again, for this talent attraction aspect is absolutely uh, wonderful. And Spencer, your brand is everywhere. I mean, I, I walk down my street, I drive down the street, I see CBRE everywhere, and I did growing up as well. I knew... I had no idea how to access your brand. And so that kind of energy is lost on many in our community. And so my job is very simple. It's helping students see their pathway into real estate, into great firms like this. And I always tell folks, um, my wife grew up with this guy, Masai Uriji, who runs the Toronto Raptors. Um, and he's won an NBA championship. But where he gets real credit is he started building sort of basketball camps in West Africa. And I always tell my wife, he gets credit for finding tall black guys in Africa. And I always say, like, my job is very simple. There are incredible young people in the Bronx, in Detroit, in Harlem, all over this country. They have no idea how to find their way to you all. We're just helping them do it. And we're doing it through energy and through people and through storytelling. Tell us a little bit about that, about how you go not just to conceptualize it, work with big corporations, but you're really in the thick of it teaching high schoolers and college students? Look, the biggest challenge to real estate is that there's so much jargon. Yeah. And in some ways, you feel left out if you don't have command of that jargon. And so our program is centered around a couple of things. One, introducing the language of real estate. Mm -hmm. And then the most fun part of it is a deal. It's sort of teaching them the language and then giving them a live deal to analyze where they're on a team and they're competing, pitching it. And they've got mentors that come from great firms like CBRE, from Brookfield and others. And so you've got jargon mastered, right? You've got a team you got a project to analyze, and you've got mentoring. All of those elements then lead to one thing. In real estate, y'all all love hanging out with each other. It's amazing how many events there are to bring people together. And our students realize that once they're in the game with the mentor, there's so many people available to them. And they can start in property management, tenant management, whatever it takes, but they find their way into other jobs over time as their interest begins to grow. So, Tori, you got a big job, and we've got a big organization. How do you make it all make sense? How do we take these students, high schoolers or more often college students, and try to help them not just understand our business, but find the path that's right for them. It's going out to campus visits and recruiting events, and when they come up to us, they immediately ask about internship opportunities, jobs. And my response to them is always a question. Tell me what you know about real estate and CBRE. And the first thing they do is, again, talk about residential. So it's starting with the, taking the opportunity to educate them about real estate. 
utilizing things like, oh, the building that you're staying in and how that equates to commercial. So really breaking it down to them in bite sizes so they can help them to understand. Then asking them about their majors and what they like to do and help them and helping them to see that they do have a place within real estate and CBRE. Um, and so we take a very strategic approach with starting with educating and educating them and exposing them. So that's why it's important to partner with organizations like Project Destin, who has that structural um, component to developing students. It is our hope, right, that all of the students that we train, hundreds upon hundreds through this organization, that they will all pursue careers at CBRE. Um, but the most important thing is to make sure, to your point, that they find the right roles and the right companies where they can thrive, and then ensuring that they align to the roles where they can grow. And the other piece is that it's got to be available early. And so we have high school programs available seven days a week. High school students as early as 15 years old can take classes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through Sunday. Same for college students. We get 4,000 applications every single semester. We don't turn away any student as long as you're willing to wake up on a Saturday morning at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. We'll teach you. And so for me, it's got to start early and be ever-present because... Sometimes you see something on television that CBRE is doing something. You're wondering what that is, but there's no pathway to get the training. And so if you'd apply our program, go to projectdesign.com, and you sign up, you will get an opportunity to learn someday during the week. And I think that leads to more students showing up in North Carolina A&T, at Morehouse, at Spelman, being more aware of what the opportunity set is. So now the conversation is changing from how to when. And that's, to me, the opportunity we have in the industry. Could you start earlier? I mean, I know we got to start somewhere, but why high school? We ran a program for Graystar in Raleigh-Durham that was 6th to 8th graders. Yeah. Uh, we use the same fundamental curriculum because whether you're in 6th grade or whether you're a college student, when you start teaching gross rent, net rent, yeah. net income, you got to start with the basics of what's driving each of those line items. So to me, we don't change our curriculum for any student. It's a starter curriculum, and then it can grow over time. So we have an entry-level course. Then there's follow-on courses like our HBCU Bridge Program with you all where you continue to grow and develop. But to me, you've got to be consistently present. We have lots of high school students that start with us at Detroit Public Schools that rejoin us at Howard or at Wayne State through programs with Related. And so to me, it's got to be early, it's got to be consistent, it's got to get you ready for a job. And it's got to give you the ability to have a conversation where someone's not pitying you, they're engaging you and seeing you as talent. So Toria, let's talk about the recruiting process. HBCUs have been not at the top of mind. Um, is that changing, and what are we doing about it? Yeah, absolutely, uh, it's changing. We take a strategic approach to ensure that we're strengthening and building our relationship with HBCUs. We're committed to visiting those campuses, a number of campuses, every year. Um, and when we go on campus, we're taking that strategic approach and we're engaging our local leaders in the markets. Because when DEI, when we leave from that campus visit, we need those local EBRG. Um, chairs and co-chairs and the members, we need the local market leaders um, engaged with those institutions to ensure that that strengthening of the relationship continues. So we want to make sure that it's not just DNI showing up on campus, it's actually the local market, our employees in the market that are strategically building relationships with those HBCUs. Um, we're, we're looking at how can we come into the classroom to meet the students where they are. So not only are we bringing them through programs like Project Destin, but we're taking programming on campus um, as well. So we're taking a very strategic approach to strengthening those relationships we have with HBCUs. And just so, because I did hear my producers 
ringing in my ears right now. HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, because I know they were going to ask me for the acronym. <laughs> and let's be clear. Let's talk about the actions you're taking. We launched an HBCU bridge program with CBRE last spring. We'll, by this fall, we'll have trained 200 students across 30-plus HBCUs in the foundations of real estate where they've met with tons of CBRE leaders across the globe. And so to me, it, look, it's ultimately about talent. I don't know how to scale pity. I don't know how to scale self-interest. I guarantee you there are a lot more NBA scouts in Serbia because of Jokic and Cameroon because of Joel Embiid. And so to me, all you got to do is shed a light on all of this incredible HBCU talent. And the companies will go there. They just need to have a clear return on their investment. And that's what we're showing them by taking more training. Look, the one thing COVID did for us is it made education more available to students. Look, before COVID, we trained students at probably 25 universities. We're at 350 today, 35 HBCUs. So now we've got incredible talent, we've got training available, and we've got 250 corporate sponsors like CBRI who are ready to engage. We just got to make it easy for them. What do you see as the pathway to greatest success within your program, and what are some of the challenges you faced? Look, the, the pathway to success is very simple. It's training talent and then getting it hired by those companies. Like, look, Toya this summer has a project that's an intern. She's going to think about our program differently because she has a student that's an alum in the program. Look, we have probably 1,000 students at various firms across real estate this summer. All of those firms, I guarantee you, will support us in training more students because the ROI is clearer pathways to talent. Look, most of these real estate firms, even the large ones, have small talent acquisition teams. Most of the players are on the field and revenue-generating businesses. So if we can help talent acquisition teams see more talent more efficiently, we will all win. So today, we've got 5,000 alums, 250 corporate partners. I bet 90% of them use us in some capacity to get full-time or intern hires. And that, to me, is super sustainable. So it's more about building that. And then on the social good side, we have an affordable housing program working with those types of firms where of 150 students we've trained, 50% grew up in affordable housing. So again, helping them achieve a social good, but a business need. They need more people working in those assets that actually have some history connected to them because they think about the local benefits in a different way. So to me, it's about understanding the strategy and making social good part of that strategy. But to be clear, even though I'm a huge affordable housing advocate, we're not trying to just say, okay, move into affordable housing or move into a... Um, community that's at risk. It's all, right? It's everything. It's everything. The talent is needed everywhere. I think yeah. that the, the beauty of real estate, just like sports, is that the best companies attract the best talent consistently, which means you need more pathways into your firm. Mm -hmm. All we're saying is not take second best talent, but create more pathways for the best to find you. I would say today, the best don't find American soccer, right? They find football and basketball. To me, the best aren't finding real estate consistently. So we're trying to widen the pathway so more people find real estate as opposed to investment banking and other areas where I think those are great jobs. But to me, in real estate, I meet so many folks who have been in the sector for 30 years. They've been at five different firms, five different roles, and they all smile and they have a massive network they've continued to build. Mm -hmm. So, Toria, let's talk about just the concept of talent overall. It's fair to say that talent today has never been scarcer overall, overall. And I think the unemployment rate is about 3.7%, near historic lows. How do we approach the talent question, just big picture, and getting the best talent into our firm? And then how do we layer Project Destin within that? First, it's making sure that we're building an inclusive culture and start with retaining the talent that we do have. I think also it's an opportunity to start developing 
um, talent for our industry through partnerships with Project Destin. Um, so being able to look at those individuals and resumes that have transferable skills as opposed to just identifying resumes stacked with commercial real estate firms. But it really is, I think, about helping, working with talent acquisition and those partners to look at how we view recruiting just a little bit differently and outside the box um, and more for transferable skills and, again, developing skills um, skills for today and, and the future. And by partnering with Project Destin as part of skill development um, and making sure also that our hiring managers and recruiters know about the partnerships that we have with Project Destin. Those that know about Project Destin, when they're looking to fill their internship positions, they're coming to us asking, how can we connect them to Project Destin? They're telling their recruiters, we want to, to help We want to help identifying students who have come through Project Destin. So that is very important to our overall strategic plan for attracting and developing talent. So I think it's fair to say that job one is the foot in the door. Get the internship. Make sure they're, they're ready to go. Their mind's in the right place. But... Job two is, is retaining that talent, is keeping them in the industry, keeping them engaged. So my question is, um, for Project Destin, once they're in, is there any additional things you might do, or if, if not today, in the future, to keep them not just upskilled, but together? I think a big piece of it is what you're doing today is storytelling. I mean, talent to me will be won by the storytellers who have a very clear brand and opportunity for students for how to engage them fully and let them bring their full self to work. So I think storytelling is job one in attracting the best talent. Once you get there, to me, I keep using sports as an analogy. When you draft Joel Embiid, if he struggles his first year, you don't just give up on him. You have an entire team there to develop them. We want to be part of that equation. So it starts with our initial program that's eight weeks that immerses you in language, helps you build a network. But we have courses on financial modeling. We have courses on affordable housing, courses on, courses on capital markets. And so whether you're a freshman or whether you're two years at CBRE, we have students who still take our courses and they've been in industry for two years. So to me, you never stop networking. You never stop developing your tools. What we want to be is an education company where when Toya says, hey, I've got an analyst who's struggling, put him in our financial modeling course. It runs year round. And so for us, we've got to figure out where students are struggling, where companies may be struggling retaining talent, and can we offer Saturday courses, Sunday courses to supplement what they're learning on the job? Mm-hmm. So, Tori, talk about, a little bit about this training. We have Project Destin, which is obviously one of uh, the terrific groups we work with to help train our folks both before they get here and while they're here to some degree. But talk us more generally about what we do, about training overall. So, you know, training overall as it relates to the foundations of commercial uh, commercial real estate. And so not only do we partner with, again, organizations like Project Destin, um, but we also have a commercial real estate boot camp immersion um, for HBCU students, where we actually bring the students into CBRE offices. Uh, we actually launched it last year in um, Atlanta, um, in Buckhead, and we'll host it uh, this year in Charlotte. But we're, what we're able to do is we're able to tap the leaders that are inside of CBRE from different business segments, different lines of business, um, to also to come in to give them that foundation to commercial real estate. A lot of those students that actually come through um, that program actually comes through Cedric's program. So it is a comp good complement to each other. And when the leaders see that these students are committed to personal investment in themselves by going through 
through um, our boot camp immersion by actually going through Project Destin and, and these leaders are seeing these students over and over again. They're top of mind when it comes to hiring opportunities. One of the things our leaders are so invested in developing um, these students and by having these leaders to come in and to connect with these students and sit with them and teach them, they get to see, like Sedra said, how bright and how smart they are, top talent. So not only are we giving them something, but we're actually walking away um, with something from them too. And that is, like you say, you look at HBCUs and how they develop their talent and you're like, wow, you know what, these students, they are um, top talent. So we're very intentional about training and developing that foundation to commercial real estate. So, Cedric, let's get into the weeds a little bit more here and just talk exactly what your program does in, in terms of the education. How many classes are there? What are the topics? Just soup to nuts. Our course is eight weeks. It's 45 hours in duration. Its course is twice a week at a minimum during the evening. So it's on top of school and work you're doing Project Destin. Uh, the content covers market research, property analysis, valuation, deal financing, and a bonus financial modeling course. And then what we teach is first through lectures, you hearing it, sort of understanding some of the concepts. Then you do actual team meetings where you begin putting together a slide, a pitch deck, learning how to pitch and tell a story. Then you have mentor office hours where you get feedback on your storytelling. And then you do a pitch competition. Every four weeks you're pitching. Because in my belief, the way you learn best is learning it, applying it, pitching it, getting constructive feedback, doing it again. So they do that for eight weeks long, and it's just continuous feedback. I didn't do a pitch in front of an investment committee until I was in my 30s. Our students are doing it, some of them when they're 16, some of them when they're 19, and they can do our program every single semester. They can be on Team CBRE, Team Related. You continue to grow and evolve, and it never leaves you because we do it every single semester across the country. Just give us the numbers of how many people apply, who gets in, and what they can do to better their chances of getting in. Yeah, so our core eight-week program is about 700 students every semester. We will get 4,000 applications this fall, and that's typical of a semester. Mm -hmm. Every single student, we don't have a spot for them. We offer them a weekend course where they can wake up at 9 a.m. on Saturdays, 9 a.m. on Sundays, and they can do a series of three courses with us, and that betters their chance of getting in the next semester. So in our view, every student gets a chance at some training, and then a smaller few every semester get a chance at the core eight-week program. But to me, even if you get three courses, it's introducing you to the language of real estate and it's going to improve your chances of getting an internship. Just going back to the boot camp immersion, why it's such a great complement um, to Project Destin is that they're able to hear about global workplace solutions. Um, they're able to hear about um, those opportunities that are on the corporate functions side of the house. So again, it goes back to exposure um, and different aspects of the business and introducing them to Um, leaders in the business that can serve as mentors, um, that can serve as sponsors and help them to guide them on their journey. All the time I'm meeting with um, students that I'm meeting with that that are coming through our programs and they're looking for that guidance um, from a mentoring aspect and just helping them to understand where they fit overall into the industry. I think it just opens up a whole new world for them. Uh, In terms of the future, uh, Cedric, um, you've already had tremendous success with thousands of graduates and thousands more applying every uh, every day. Um, what does success look like? First, for Project Destin overall, and then 
bring it all the way back to the individual student. What does success look like for them? Look, I, I want to build a globally dominant platform. I mean, I want Project Destiny students on every corner of the world learning real estate and building a community of future owners and leaders. And so for me, like, like it's been great what we've been able to do in the U.S. and Canada. We've grown with CBRE and in the U.K. and Europe as well. But to me, I want to build a globally dominant platform. So when a kid from Baltimore wakes up and wants to go study abroad in Rome, there's a Project Destiny friend that's there waiting for him. And so to me, that's what success looks like, that our community evolves and grows in that way. For the student... Look, I, I grew up just wanting a shot at a good life. Uh, and so I think what, what we're trying to do is just give students the best shot at a good life. And I think when you grow up and you've got mentors from CBRE and you've done a CBRE boot camp and you've done our HBCU bridge program and you're on Team CBRDC and you've presented to Toy and others, like that's just giving you a better shot at life because when you wake up and you have some big idea, you've now got a mentor to test it off of. I didn't have that growing up. I was testing off my mom. That was great. But now you've got a broader network of people and those folks have seen you grind it out. Classes on Saturdays, classes on Sundays. They come in with a measure of respect and regard for your ideas and you can see it, you can feel it, and it makes you want to do more. One thing that we're always looking at within DE&I and, and you know, what I'm tasked with looking at is making sure that when we're investing in these organizations that we're actually getting a return on our investment. It's not about what benefits are these organizations providing to us, but also how are we tapping those benefits of that organization. It's a two-way street. And we're always looking for opportunities to take that thread and you start weaving um, these opportunities together. We have another relationship like, for example, with you know Thurgood Marshall College Fund. But how do we can weave what we do um, with Project Destin, Thurgood Marshall to create a more impactful opportunity for these students. Um, so just being able to be strategic and saying, you know what, we're not all competing against each other, but to your point, how do we all work together, become great partners to each other to just drive greater impact, to be able to support, um, to be able to support these students. Can I say one more thing though? Sure. Like, is that ROI isn't an, isn't a nasty word, but there's a time horizon to it. Like, look, I don't know how to magically create a bunch of black people that could be SVPs at CBRE tomorrow, yeah. right? But you give me time, we can build a pipeline. So to me, Toya's not saying an ROI, meaning you got to have it tomorrow, but it's an ROI over time. It means that there's a business plan in place. Look, Toya is on the phone with me every two weeks providing feedback, counsel, guidance as to what CBRE's needs are and how what we do fits in. So to me, feedback driving the ROI is what's been essential to our relationship. Agree. When it relates to ROI in terms of these partnerships, it is making sure what Cedric is able to provide uh, to me that I'm intentionally tapping into it, that our talent acquisition partners are aware that this partnership exists and they can absolutely tap into it because if they don't, know about it and they don't have awareness and tap into it. We can't even begin to get a return on what we're investing, even though it's there. You know, so many times we look at it and say, okay, well, they're not providing us or living up to their end of the agreement. Um, but like you said, when we have that open dialogue and conversation and really talking about needs and being strategic about it, right, you can then begin to see, I mean, there is a financial investment, uh, you know, that we're, that we're investing in Project Destin, but that also goes towards not only our commitment, but also the belief that we have in what Project Destin and Cedric is able to provide to us. So I do use that very often, return on investment when it comes to our, our partnerships, because the return is great talent. And that's exactly what we're after. So let's go back to storytelling. Well, one of the great books I often recommend, I'm sure you've heard of it, we may have heard of it, uh, Grit by Angela Duckworth. And I actually I was fortunate to have lunch with her once and uh, quite an incredible person. But really, to keep moving forward. So Toya, how do you 
try to simplify it for our new hires, our interns, or instill in them the sense of they can do it, but there's a little bit of grit or something else there that they need to keep moving forward. You know, my parents always uh, taught me if there isn't a path in front of you, create one. Um, and that begins with having a vision and determining what that end game is and then figuring out who are the people, the resources that I need to connect with or bring in my camp to help me to create that path and reach their end goal. And that takes grit. You have to think you realizing where you want to go, how you're trying to get there and figure out what resources, people that you need um, to connect with to actually get it done. So I think that takes a level of grit because there are going to be times things do not work out the way you absolutely want them to work out. But you have to figure out, okay, how do I keep going? And that is really digging deep down inside. It's not always going to be easy. We all are going to experience failure and things of that nature. But you have to dig deep down inside, and that is absolute grit. Look, I think that um, adversity creates a persistence uh, in those who are very successful. Uh, So I think what our young people can understand is they're not the first folks to face adversity. But you do need allies and supporters and advocates, mentors, you name it, to, to push you along the way. And so I, when I think about the learning for young people is that this adversity, no condition is permanent. Mm-hmm. But what you depend on, we can also learn from as companies thinking about how do I develop great talent? It's not creating an ROI in one day, but over time. And so I think for the great companies, it's investing in talent and talent pathways and young people having persistence to work through these challenges and not lose, not give up on the fight. How do people get more involved with Project Destin, um, not just as a student, but that's part of it as a college, as a company? Well, well first, you can go to projectdestin.com and you can link up with us and very easily or on LinkedIn. Uh, but I want to just sort of highlight an example. Look, we started working with Darcy Stakem and CBRE, you know, back in 2020. Uh, and that was sort of, you know, 10 to 15 students. That's now grown to 250 students. We can start very small with any partner inside of CBRE or one of your, one of your partner companies. We're always available if you want to engage. And look, the message is simple, like invest in talent and talent pathways. The ROI to me is very, very clear. And we want to be in partnership with you all. Toya, what would you like to see happen in the next five years uh, for Project Destin, for people from underserved communities to get more involved in our industry? What I actually see is I know that our partnership will grow because we talk about it all the time. Um, We talk about how to continuously uh, develop just great talent and top talent and being innovative and creative in how we actually do that. And just take that level of innovation, creativity, Um, and problem solving and bring it just internal to our teams. We have such great teams within CBRE, DNI. We we must have the stakeholders of our people partners, L&D, you know, TA. I mean, they're great partners um, and they allow us to do um, what we do and do it really, really great and will allow us to do it, um, you know, continuously do it great over the next um, five years. So I see great things for us um, the next five years with you know our partners like um, Project Destined, hiring our managers, um, our workforce. They're asking us for um, these partnerships. They're looking to us to develop these great um, partnerships. So the company is committed. Um, top down, there's a commitment there. And so I see great things over the next five years for what we're doing. Well, terrific. Let's end on that note. And on behalf of the Weekly Take, I want to thank our friends to discuss Project Destin, led by Cedric Bobo, the CEO and co-founder of Project Destin. Cedric, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. And Toya Everett, Director of Enterprise Program, CBRE. Toya, thank you so much. 
for joining the show. Thank you for having me. That was fun. We'll have more fun in the weeks to come as we continue to feature a diversity of voices and the best experts in the business. Some highlights include the CEO of United Airlines on a panel featuring Hispanic business leaders and conversations with some inspiring authors, including an adventure traveler and a popular futurist with fresh takes on organizational leadership. We'll also revisit one of the hottest sectors in real estate, data centers. For now, we hope you'll share the show. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. Also, keep on sending us your feedback through the Talk To Us feature on our homepage, which can be found, of course, at cbre.com slash theweeklytake. We're very grateful to all of you who have shared comments and recommendations so far. Thanks for joining us. I'm Spencer Levy. Be smart, be safe, be well.